What's up, world? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we recap each and every episode of the phenomenon known as Power. I, of course, am always one half your host, Triple D, and with all with me, as always, is this is Carlos D. What's up? Happy and, uh, New Year! Happy New Year to you too, good brother. We are here to recap the finale of season one of book two, Ghost, Heart of Darkness. And we are being joined by uh, a special guest who's going to kick it with us for a few minutes. We'd like to introduce you all to um, a longtime listener, first time caller, uh, Miss Corey. Miss <laughs> Corey, how are you doing? I am well. Happy New Year's and all that good stuff. Well, we appreciate you being on the show and... Um, sharing a little bit of your your evening with us to discuss a little bit of this uh this finale and just the series as a whole um what have what have you been thinking about the series what did you think about the series from its jump to pretty much where where we left off so um first of all i'm a little nervous so mind me but um so in the beginning of the series you know i try to give a series a chance just because i really enjoyed power um, it was okay. You know, there were some things with transition that I wasn't a fan of, but again, you know, it's a scripted show. So I was like, all right, you let some things slide. Um, but sometimes things kind of went too unrealistic for me, you know, just again with uh, Tariq being 18 and just having all this stuff on his shoulders and just the craziness with college and whatnot just didn't make sense because I also went to college and I didn't remember some stuff being like how it was on the show. But, you know, the first couple of episodes were good, but then I feel like the writers just got bored or, I don't know, they started to lag a little. Okay, interesting take. Carlos, yes. your thoughts? Uh, as far as what her take or just my opinion of the show so far? Everything. I mean, you know, <laughs> we talk about this every week, you know, kind of week to week how we like the show. I thought... Um, it's been a very good show. Um, for, it, it started with a character that a lot of people hated, and a lot of people were saying they would never watch a show with Tariq in it. Um, but then, now people are like clamoring for a second episode. Well, a lot of people, not all people, but I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Of course, there's a lot of dumb stuff because it's a TV show, and it's not going to be perfect. Um, but I, you know, I say solid, solid B plus A minus for the for as far as the year goes, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. I hear that. I don't know about that, that A minus. I don't know about that A minus. <laughs> That's my maybe opinion. a B minus C. Oh come oh, on wow. now, come on now. Oh, That's wow. <laughs> coming in, coming in with the with the guns blazing. I I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Uh, before we get a little uh, further into um, our our takes, our, our deeper takes, um, just want to take a quick moment to thank and apologize for uh, anyone who stuck with us through last week's episode. We had a really <laughs> really rough connection and we didn't realize how badly it translated until the playback um and uh afraid no we're, we're not re-recording it uh but we definitely appreciate you guys for uh, working with us through that one because man it was a rough one uh but that's done and hopefully we won't have too many of those issues season finale which uh up until a certain point this could have easily been the series finale this could have easily been like uh, a mm -hmm. kind of a mini series event um what was what was everybody's initial thoughts on this uh the lead up to this moment i'm sorry we'll, we'll start with our guests let's go 
Um, so up to the lead up, I was, I was still into it, but then this last episode, I was just very confused. I felt like certain scenes and again, the transitions were just rushed. Cause I was like, wait, how do we get to this already? Or how to dag on Jabari PS? I can't stand his name. Like how (laughs) did he like figure things out so quickly? Because he just started getting into the loop like two, three episodes ago. Um, so Yes, the season finale definitely could have been a series finale, but um, in many of the scenes, you saw how they left doors open for certain characters so that they can have a second season. Um, I personally still hate Tariq. I don't understand why he's not dead yet. (laughs) This don't make no sense. Who is his parents, his uncle, auntie? Like, who does he know? Like, in the show business, Michael Raines, I think his name is. Like, how? How is he just keeping his character alive? I just make it make sense. Um, But it was just transitions for me that were very confusing. Um, The first one, again, I know y'all love when he's running everywhere. (laughs) So Uh the fact that, once again, he was still running in that red or maroon suit, I was like, oh, God. Um, You know, that was... That was funny. Um, but just him going to court and um, the whole thing with, uh, what's her name, his mom, how she got released so quickly because it seemed like she didn't testify, you know, before they released her. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to get into yeah. it, but you're hitting a lot of good points and we kind of got to. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. no, you're good. One of my biggest problems with this entire episode uh, is the fact that they let Tasha free because she was supposed to testify that Tommy um, was the, the the kingpin, but then she never testified. They dropped all the charges before she testified. Exactly. Then she was supposed to go to witness protection. She was back on the street, just running around, living a regular life, going exactly. and stuff. And it just made no. That was. And then the whole courtroom scene itself. Tariq was in court. The lawyer hadn't asked right. him one question. He just started spouting things off, and the judge didn't stop him. Everything yeah. was admissible, mm-hmm. and we know we're not lawyers. I'm not a lawyer, but yeah, I know that, you can't just say whatever you yeah. want to in court without being asked questions, especially when the prosecution is asking you stuff. You can't just be like, "Well, I saw you doing this, and I saw this, and that, that, that." So it was just, and then I don't care how powerful <laughs> the Democratic Party is, you can't right. just pop up in the courtroom and decide <laughs> that you're going to decide what the law is and tell the judge get out her own chambers. <laughs> the shit was just stupid. A lot of that was all the courtroom stuff was just dumb this week. It, it really uh, was. <laughs> yeah, there's really no excuse for it. Um, it the way everything kind of wrapped up in a perfect package, uh, to the point where it was too perfect. It it de- definitely took a lot of the the tension that had been built up out of the sh- out of the the show, um, mm-hmm. especially the court stuff. And it, it's like if this was gonna be this was gonna be it. Like, if this was the plan they had before they knew they were getting a second season, it's like, it, it still would have been a sloppy ending, but it would have it would have been an ending that made sense. The problem here is we know that within the first maybe two episodes, they got greenlit for a second season, and they had to halt production because of COVID. How do you not fix this? You had time. Like they, mm-hmm. you were given extra time, um, so it's like this is just kind of. I don't know if it was just like they couldn't get the writers in because of COVID, but the for the episode for this last episode to to be as 
for lack of a better term, sloppy as it was when you were given extra time, it's just kind of wild. Um, and even though they are giving, they've been given a second season, it a lot of the open-ended questions don't even look like they have decent answers to them. Um, which, you know, once we get into our, our a bit, a slightly more detailed look, um, <laughs> we'll cover it. But um, yeah, as, as, uh, as you stated earlier, you know, power can get a little lazy with the writing. Um, and this was, this was, this was, yeah. I'm going to cut you off. You, you heard um, Corey pouring that wine. She getting comfortable. <laughs> Oh, oh, you heard that. She might I'm say sorry. The whole she might say I mean, the whole I heard night. I wasn't going to say nothing. You know, hey. I she mean, getting comfortable. She, we might get her more than, like, You on. are more than welcome. <laughs> you are more than welcome to, to, to go on this, this ride with us through this last episode. Uh, hey, the more the merrier. Right. My fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. That's all good. Um, but <laughs> I... I I, I peeped this. Somebody peeped this uh, from last week's episode of, you know, powers. Sometimes power is going to power. The, the scene where Tariq goes and says, this is last week, and we, we rarely do this. He says, you know, he doesn't have the money. Uh, he, he had to do something for his mom. And Monet pulls the gun on him. Then the bar gets shot up. Monet does not fire back. Drew goes running for mm -hmm. a gun when Monet is sitting right next to him. Then Kane shows up. She proceeds to pull the gun back out. Why didn't you use this gun earlier? Drew might still be in one piece. Power going power. Oh. I, think, I think it's a combination of things <laughs> in that situation, though. Because it's like, okay, she had a gun, right? But when you got like four people with machine guns shooting at you, you're not going to really waste your bullets shooting blindly out of a, of, out of a, a, you can't even see out of it. it like I said, that's why I thought the, the, the attempt to kill her was kind of stupid because... They're shooting through a bar that has a metal gate um, and also glass. They can't even see inside that place. So her, she would just be shooting dumb back. So I can understand why she didn't pull her gun and just start shooting when people were shooting five, six machine guns. Because if she even stood up to get herself in a position to get off a decent shot, she probably would have got shot in the chest. So I can understand. So that. here's why. Here's where power immediately betrayed your statement. Because as much sense as that statement makes, this week when Tommy shoots up from outside the street, she proceeds mm. to fire back, <laughs> but that was one That's gun. True. He also was shooting up. He was she also don't know shooting that. Pistol. She, she don't you know do that. Know. If you ever been in the around guns, you I'm, know I'm saying I'm saying she don't know how many people. She don't know how many people's out there. I mean, there, in a, um, pistol. you know, yeah, but she don't know how many people are out there. True, you know what I but mean. I said, but it, things, it just makes things. it look a little weirder. Two things about that. One, it does. She <laughs> saw the guy shooting because he had opened the door. He got shot. Her uh, bodyguard, whatever. It wasn't the same exact thing when somebody was just shooting like machine guns through a window. So I, power do be powering, so I'm not going to de defend him and nothing like that, but I can understand why she wouldn't shoot in the, in the situation she did shoot in, but then she would shoot when Tommy came in. And even though she, I don't know what the fuck she was shooting at, because he was, the angle, it, we it didn't make no sense. He clearly was standing like close to the window, and she was shooting like through the I door. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I mean that's just dumb. That's just dumb. But that's neither here nor there. Through the middle yeah. bar as well it would have been more. It was more difficult. And then, and then I'm sorry. How did Tasha find her? How does Tasha know when Monet hangs out? Tasha don't know nothing about the Tahada family other than they gave her a cell phone and Lorenzo talked to her a couple of times on the phone. She went straight to the bar like she knew it, like she used to hang out there. This show is now that you make me think about it. This this episode was trash. It's it's possible. It's it's possible Tariq told her, but that's us doing the work for them. 
Uh-uh. I don't like lazy. You know what I mean? That it's possible. That's yeah. That's too much. We're already too far into the show to. All right, I like what he's yeah. going. Let's, let's just get some more stuff. Let's get some shows. more. Um, okay, let, let's start at the beginning. Uh, we get we get the meeting between Rico and uh, Monet, which nice little setup, and it which again was kind of strange. Uh, where, me too. Me too. I'm I mean, get into this just, thing now. All right, so we get this 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 meeting with Rico. Shout out to Jackie Long <laughs> for playing playing a dope sleaze ball. Um, that's his name ATL uh, and just being being perfect for this role and in true power fashion the moment you say you know what I wouldn't mind seeing more of this this character get shot um, <laughs> yeah which the whole thing seemed strange to me because it seemed like she was meeting with him initially to pay him off for being short and I guess I don't know if, you know, he the way he was talking, like, I guess they were back in business, which made no sense because he moved everything to GTG. But like I said, doesn't matter. Uh, world's worst security guard botched the pat down and uh, misses a gun. <laughs> what did you guys think about this? Go ahead, Cor. You can go ahead, go. Uh, <laughs> so this meet, um, I didn't think we were going to, like, meet Rico. So I was just like, I think he's from DC or DC Joe, or I don't know if he's also from DC, but I didn't think we were going to meet him. I thought he would just, you know, be a character or a mystery person. Um, I was trying to figure out how Monet got the gun in, but then she did make that comment, like, do your job and, you know, don't get fresh kind of. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe he was getting close to where the gun was. Um, as you mentioned, Jackie Long, I didn't think I would see him. Um, I like when he plays certain characters, he did play a really good sleazeball. I loved his grill, because um, I'm a big fan of grills. I kind of want my own. So, like, I loved his grill. But also Jackie Long, just real quick. So 50 Cent, like, who is also, like, the creator of the show, like, pretty much, like, embarrassed you in front of the world um, when you owed him money, and now you're on his show. So maybe he's still paying off his debt to 50 I don't know, but I wouldn't be on his show if he embarrassed me on social media talking about I owe him money, but that's neither here or there. Um, <laughs> so, yes, that whole interaction was just... Um, that frustrated me. Monet's lace front annoyed me because, <laughs> you know, I was just like, y'all couldn't do any better? Like, it was just so bad. I was like, this is Mary J. Blige, like, the queen of R&B, like, 50. You could have got her a better lace front. Um... But yeah, just the whole meeting was kind of weird because again, I didn't think we were going to see him and then her killing him. And I was like, well, darn, because I kind of would have liked a little like back and forth with them if there's going to be a second season. Um, so yeah, that was just, that was my take on it. Just like houseway. Just again, make it make sense for me. <laughs> so, Carlos? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't work for me. For one, Mergey Blatch, we need to give her some acting lessons. I, I can't I can't that play with no more. She's horrible in this scene. Like sometimes she'd be like, okay, she halfway decent. She was horrible in this scene. Agree with her wig. I don't like to talk about women's appearance, but even I could tell that wig does not. I'll do that's it not for supposed, you. It's not supposed to look like that. I know that. <laughs> um, and then just I don't go this Jackie Long thing. I don't understand what was going on with him. He was on the trunk of his car when they uh, hood of his car eating a, like a cocktail shrimp <laughs> platter. Like did you? Yeah. 
that you would have like at, yeah. you know, at parties. So that already that already threw me off. And then the scene was just so fake. I'm sorry. You, I I don't know what the level of these people are, but they seem to be like if he supplying the Tahada family with drugs, you would think he would be like kind of a high level a drug dealer or have some type of cop. And it was just too easy to kill him. Like she shouldn't have so easily been able to slip that gun by and kill that man. Um, if he had enough power that he can just come shoot her up and they have trying to show that the Tahada family is like a tough family or like a Lorenzo has all this power. I feel like this dude should have been more well protected. Um, right. They kind of gave him a, did him a disservice as compared to other. If you talk about the previous show, like the Jimenez and the uh, Serbians, they were all way tougher. Mm-hmm. So it was just too easy to kill him. So that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, not a fan of that. Not a fan of that scene to start the episode personally. All right, so this pretty much leads way to just everything is crumbling. They, of course, are looking for Mar- Ramirez so he can help clean it up. We, of course, know what happened to Ramirez. Uh, mm. Came out in some random, I, I don't think New York has swamps. Swamp? But, <laughs> right. But well, the, um, the, the Jersey does, though, right? Corey's from Jersey. I have no don't idea. they have, like, meadowlands or swampy areas in Jersey or no? You know, we do. So that's why I was wondering, is he there? Is Did he go to Long Island? Because, you know, they'd be all like all around New York in like five minutes. And I was like, so that's also not realistic. So maybe he's <laughs> in Long Island. You know, maybe he is in Jersey. He just went over the bridge real quick. So he's he's somewhere, but he's definitely not in New York. Right. So we get him also crumbling under the pressure because at some point it's going to come to light what he did. Um we get a really quick scene, like you like you said, uh, Tariq, the callback to the first episode with him running all over the place. And I feel bad <laughs> for the kid because you could tell he he was one of those kids. I, I had a few friends like this. I didn't get that. He You could tell he shot up like two or three feet one day, and he's just not used to his body. The way he <laughs> runs is like he's still, he's still getting his land legs being like – he's probably close to six foot um, at this point. But – we, we get our call back to him running and we get a nice little quick scene that pretty much shows that Lauren still cares and uh, he still cares for her just a bit. Um, anything on that before we uh, we move on to probably I, I want to ask Corey, the next or, most or a, lady, a lady's uh, take on that because like right. mm-hmm. Tariq has not been nice to Lauren in many episodes. He's been kind of like downright rude to her for at least the last at least that she broke up with her boyfriend. And yet she he cracked still me up. Seemed... So, go ahead. I'm sorry, the boy cracked me up. Oh, yeah, he, was he was hilarious. He was hilarious. Um, but like he's been pretty mean to her since then. But yet it seems like Lauren has still been overly interested in still trying to fix their relationship when he's not really given the same give and take. As a lady, is this realistic? What's going on? Tell me your thoughts. I think it's realistic because of their age. Again, they're 18 years old, so you're always trying to like, ooh, let me make it work. Let me make it work because. You know, I'm just so into him because, again, you're 18 and you haven't lived life. But, um, you know, yeah, he's into her amongst two other ladies this season. But none of them, in my opinion, are like the one for him. They're like they, I think, represent different parts of his personality and who he can play. But no one is like the real complete package, as they shouldn't be at 18 years old, if we want to, you know, do that. But. Um, it's cute. It was a cute little, you know, situation they had in the series, like a somewhat love interest. But again, she's, you know, freshman in college. 
wanting to make it work. She's like interested in this guy who's got like an interesting life, not like uh, what's his name from Georgetown, who her parents love. And he's just like cookie cutter by the book. If you come from, you know, a mi- upper middle class or, you know, upper class black family, like, oh, this is who I'm supposed to be with. Yeah. So Jack she's intrigued. As, yes, at Jack and Jill. Um, you know, he's a part of that, but us good girls, we get tired of that. We like something a little different at times until we get older and then realize, let me go back to, um, who I should have been with, but yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Sorry. That was a lot. But, it's, but it was real. I like honesty. It was real. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what we all about over here. So, um, this scene gives way to Tariq noticing that, uh, Everett is, making his way to talk to the professors. And there's a lot that happens in this particular scene from uh, Everett pretty much also kind of crumbling, trying to protect himself, but also trying to protect Drew. Uh, We get Professor uh, Milgram also trying to protect Zeke by covering for his family to a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But the main thing I Mm want to focus on in this particular scene is the fact that no professor is going to dress like Professor oh God, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh I'm glad you, so I'm glad you brought oh that God. up. Because <laughs> I thought I'll you wasn't going to say so nothing much. about that outfit. I'm sorry. You, oh, I don't mean to interrupt, so but you are right. She, I have been to college, oh, junior Jesus. high, high school, all types of schools. I've never seen a teacher in the classroom oh, with cutouts in the side where you can see her entire stomach on both ends. Yes. I was like, what is happening here? What is happening in the slit? The slit was so high. I was like, I'm not complaining. And I know we're supposed to be progressive and we don't we don't police women's out uh, tires. But this isn't real. No professor is going nope. to wear this. Nobody in the academic no professor. outfit. Nope. In the, in and the official duties. They wouldn't do this, it. This outfit just further solidified um, with her, with the, the next interaction with Zeke and, of course, Jabari piecing things together. This solidifies her transition into this this weird combination of Olivia Pope and Annalise Keating. Um, <laughs> because this is where I was like, okay, Professor Milgram is a completely different character now. All of a sudden, she, you know, her her lawyer powers, which were lying dormant, are coming back in, into play. And she wants to fix and protect things for Zeke, who is the most stressed character on the show right now. Uh, what did you guys think about this development? Oh, that poor baby. Um, yeah, he doesn't know what to do. And I said, boy, if you don't keep your mouth shut or Monet will kill you. I'm convinced if she will banish her son. Yes, you're the money bag, but she may actually have to put you down. And he's just like a bumbling idiot. Like he was just like, I don't know, the bumbling athlete, which I hate, you know, for athletes to be seen that way. Um, and then Professor Milgram using her sexuality and all of her sexiness to like get him to go along with it. I said, oh dear. I said, it again, make it make sense, but he's kind of gullible and he's looking for that love and affection yeah. that he really kind of hasn't had. So he he's going to go along with it. And again, with her sides out, I mean, as a male, 18 year old or 19 year old male, I would have to like go with it too. Like she kind of turned me on. I was like, all right. Like, so. All right, I'll be quiet. <laughs> right, right. Like, okay, yes, ma'am. Cause we going to meet up tonight, right? Okay, cool. Like, so I would go along with it. But again, yeah, auntie crazy. She'd already yeah. showed up in this woman's office. Like, hey, what's up? Let's talk. Like, don't go against Monet. Bad acting and all. Don't go against it. Mm-mm. 
Like, mm-hmm. don't do it, sir. But um, it. I'm. Thank you again for bringing up her outfit. I was just so confused by it. Like, it was the moment she stood up and I was like, what's wrong with her outfit? And then I looked again. I was like, nah, no, maybe in your free time, in your spare time, you on campus. Ain't no dress codes, but I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. Uh, Carlos, what were your thoughts? No, no, I agree with y'all saying. Uh, like I said, uh, Zeke is just kind of all types of loss. He's so caught up between what's going on with his family, him and this puppy love for um, the professor lady. Uh, I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm, he's the only per- person in the show that I kind of feel bad for because yeah. mm-hmm. he hasn't yeah. really done anything to hurt anybody. I mean, the worst he's done is, you know, not be timely with helping Tariq do his homework or whatever it may right. be. But he right. hasn't really shown anything, any bad signs or bad um, characteristics. So I kind of feel bad for him. But at the same time, I feel like it's no way he grew up that close to that family and is so easily spooked. I, I understand that they don't let him involve they don't involve him in the tough part of it. But just not talking or telling your business should have been a number one. I feel like that would have been something that would have been instilled in him. Hell, that's instilled in most black people of a certain age, uh, regardless of whether our family does crime. I mean, I know growing up uh, people in my house also tell us don't tell people what's going on inside this house and it wasn't mm-hmm. even nothing bad going on in there so I just feel like it's a little bit unrealistic that somebody who even though they keep them separate from the, the drug part of it and the killing and all that will be so free spilling with all his information just because he met a pretty um, older woman you know what I think it is I think I think he's always kind of known something and I think they've always done a good job of keeping him out of it but I think the whole after club thing was his first real brush with it. Right. Um, not just like, not just like, you know, in the business aspect of it, of someone seeing him and, and possibly taking ruining his future, but the gun to his knee was probably like the, the, Oh shit. Like I, you know, I always had my thoughts of what they were into, but this is like, this is the closest he's ever really been to it. And the fact, you know, the, the revelation that people know who he is. In, real, in relation to them. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he just panicked because he's never had to deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all he wants to do because, like you said, um, he's, to a degree, the only innocent in this show. Like, he's been doing what, he's, what his character was written to do. Show up, play basketball, do the bare minimum of schoolwork. And he, you know, he's in his world that's all he needs to do and things will be okay. And he unwillingly got pulled into, to some heavy, heavy shit. And he's, he's right. I feel like he's right to freak out. Um, but no, he, he definitely has messed up telling a uh, professor Milgram. Um, but speaking of messed up, we get Kane who I genuinely believe they've done a good job with him writing wise of, he wants to be redeemed. Um, him visiting Drew in the hospital because, uh, you know, that is still his brother. And although he knows what he's done is is messed up, you can tell just from his actions and the way he talks, he wants to be back home. Um, how did y'all feel about that? And Drew just kind of laying down his, you know, his side of like, nah, it's too late. Like this is here. This is all happened because of you, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did you guys feel about that scene? Um, I felt sorry for him because in the last episode with him and Monet, um, he was just like, but Ma, you made me this way. 
you know, so he is just really just playing his part um, as to how she made him and like his his role in the family. You know, he may have taken it too far, but again, she made him this way. So also to hear from his siblings who he's really close with, it, it was kind of sad because he's he's kind of like a lost puppy right now um, who's got a lot of rage and doesn't know how to control it. So it um, I felt bad for him because even Drew knew like, yo, I wouldn't be in this situation right now in the hospital if it wasn't for you, if you were there for the family, get over your your insecurities about Tariq. Um, you know, he's just really here for the money, not trying to take your place as enforcer or top dog. Like Monet was, was still going to love you, but he couldn't see that. So I feel like that kind of played a part in, in his actions, but I felt bad. Mm-hmm. Carlos. Yeah, I, I say I kind of agree that I kind of. I won't say I feel bad for him because, I mean, he like a psychopath. Yeah. Um, so how much sympathy can you have for him? Um, but at the same time, you know, as a person has a, a you know a brother and a sister, and if I was very close to them, um, and, and I'm talking about from both parts, I don't know if I could be Drew and Diana in these situations where I so blindly follow my parent or my mom that I will cut out my brother. Um, right. Yes, he did something bad, um, but I also think they put too much blame on the fact that Kane wasn't there for consequences that come with the lifestyle they choose to live. Mm-hmm. Like if they was mm-hmm. managers at the local um, giant grocery store, or whatever, they wouldn't have to worry about nobody shooting up their place. But they are in a business that um, has violence in it, so they want they so quick to say it's Kane's fault that Drew got shot, or it's Kane's fault. Um, that these things happen. It's not really Kane's fault. It's the, it's your fault for being a part of this lifestyle. Was more, they should be more mad at Monet because Drew True. asked to get out. Diana yeah. asked to get out. They both. Diana just wanted to go to college. Drew just wants to be young and have boyfriends and have fun and enjoy being young. And she refuses to let them do it. But instead, she's turning them against their brother. Um, so I wouldn't be Drew leaving the family to go be in Kane's crew. But at the same time, I wouldn't be as mad as mad at my brother as Drew was at Kane. And I think yeah. a lot of that is just that their mother is a dominant personality and she really um, has crazy influence over all three of them. She turned Drew mm-hmm. Kane into a monster. Uh, she pits them against each other in, in like a weird triangle because um, they always quick to snitch that one of them other ones did something or tell yeah. Monet that, you know. And, right. And I think she just kind of really messing them up. And I think if that I'm assuming that's the purpose of what they want out of that character. Then that part of the show, I think, is excellent. Um, this dynamic between this family, the inner workings of it, the the power dynamics of it, I, I love all that aspect of the show, and that's why I'm um, happy and hopeful that Tasha will no longer be a part of the story anymore, um, because uh, it, you know the way they sent her off, and we can really focus on more about this family and a little bit of this family's background if they get into season two and three. Well, we know they got a season two, but if they get like three yeah. and four and all that. So speaking of Tasha's removal, uh, we've already kind of <laughs> discussed most of the ridiculousness of this court scene. Um, but we might as well, you know, get the nitpickiness out of the way because it's there. His suit is uh, the first thing. Why was he wearing that suit to court? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. yes. Yeah. Is that to- Your mama's life is on the goddamn line. You and you got your like Easter suit on. He looked like a villain. What are you doing? Who the hell wear that to the courtroom? Like, where do you even get that suit from? 
It's like you can't even say your father taught you better because you you weren't listening to him. He would have told you not to wear that suit. He would not. Um, yes. He looked like a janky pastor. But like, yeah, it was that. There was absolutely no reason for Riley to be there other than to to make things more awkward. Right. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I she was, like, was why just is she there. Here? Yeah. It's like she looked like an anime character sitting in the middle of a regular room. Like, what? Like, if I'm the judge, I'm like, um, before we get started, who's this random pink haired girl? Mm. Um, Ma'am, like, what are you even doing here? Oh, quick question. It's always this packed. I feel like on TV shows, the courtrooms are just filled with people just observing court. Like, who goes to court just to hang out and like watch trials? Is that a thing? I have no idea. So back in the day, yes, because I know for a class in undergrad, I had to go to a court and there are people there. You could just it's open to the public. So you can go and sit unless they ask you to leave if, if it's a certain type of case. But if it's just like a regular old case. But this one shouldn't have been a regular case because it was a murder um, yeah. in a queen pen, you know, yeah. with the with the FBI like and everyone involved. So, um, yeah, again, make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, that was funny to me. Um, I was kind of hyped to see Tamika be brought back, but mm-hmm. her not really, not really utilized for real, for real. Um, we already touched on the ridiculousness of Tariq just speaking out of term. Um, they're not going to let anybody do this. They're definitely not going to let a young black male do this. Uh, right. So that was just super uh, <laughs> unrealistic. Like, but, no, uh, I, I hope. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. None that like I'll hold you in contempt or any right. of that. that I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> she kinda admonished him for like two seconds. She was like, uh, you know you can't really do that, sir. And then <laughs> right. she just let him start doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, strike that from the record. This has nothing to do with that. You file mm-hmm. your own claim. Um But I thought it was hilarious of when when he uh he said like he, he's not the only one that knew about it in McLean that that oh that that McLean look that he got, that was pretty funny to me. But uh, yeah, it's how powerful is Mr. Ott that, like you said, he cleared the courtroom after, you know, having the the judge, you know, get up out of her own chambers. This, of course, is after he was super rude to the uh, to the stenographer in the room. That was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) just like gets these guys (laughs) in this after school special setup, slams some papers down and goes, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. And pretty much proceeds to neatly wrap this all up. Um, of course, the you got outsmarted by Jason Derulo was <laughs> was, fun. was was perfect. Um, and we Sachs officially gets fired. He's told to resign, but we all know what it is. Um, so before we get out of that that particular scene, before uh, McLean pulls a Rashard Tate on a uh, Tasha, any any particular scene on that? Any thoughts on that? Oh, no, I think we covered it pretty well. Well, I don't have any extra opinions. Maybe Corey does. Um, you know, yeah, the DNC guy, uh, Mr. Is it Ott? Um, yeah. you know, just being, you know, a white man using his mm-hmm. privilege to his um to what they know, you know, to his um benefit. Um, yes. <laughs> so that and again, like not Tariq just going off, not being held in contempt. Uh, contempt. Excuse me. Tamika, I wish there was a little bit more with her. Um, but again, I think that was a scene that they left that she will reappear in season two. Like, I don't think that's going to be the last of her. 
that we see. So, yeah. All right. So this, of course, all comes with the, the stipulation that she goes into WITSEC. Um, as you touched on earlier, uh, their their idea of WITSEC is super strange. But given the way we saw <laughs> Spanky get killed when he was supposed to be in WITSEC at the end of uh, last season, I guess I kind of get it, even though I don't. Um, but we get, uh, we get Tasha and, um, (laughs) female guard, her, her best friend in there, uh, (laughs) escorting her out. And, um, as janky as this was, I kind of, I kind of liked that this, I I mean, it's not, I'm not that petty. I'm a little petty, but like, this is exactly what Tate did to them when he ambushed them with that press conference, um, right after Raina was killed. And she she went off on Ghost about that. Uh, I was like, this is this is the exact same thing. Um, but we see Tasha with fresh wig and this this club dress that she exits with. Um, Man, what, what were y'all who thoughts on that? And her outfit statement? choices was weird. Like yeah. who bought her that outfit so she can get out of jail? Like who? <laughs> she wasn't arrested right. in an outfit. So where did it come from? Like. Um, did she have that outfit on in the courtroom, or was mm-hmm. it a different? Right, it was. No, different. It was completely different. Okay. It was a different it wig was. too. It was a yes, different wig too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely not what she was arrested in because she had on the the, the Tina Turner white number that she had before yes. her first day at work. Um, we see Yaz uh, has gotten like three feet taller. She bigger than grandma. Only, yeah, was only given maybe the word mommy. Let that girl act. Let let that girl act. Uh, what, what? Any other thoughts on that particular scene? I mean, this this was to me the part where the witness protection thing just they must have forgot about it um, because they <laughs> released her in the middle of the daytime. They released her to no agents. They released right. her to let the media know when she was getting out. All this stuff will be kind of hush hush. They don't just mm-hmm. let people walk out of jail who's supposed to be a witsec. Um, and just kind of go about and do their own thing. So they basically said, get all your affairs in order. I know you just snitched on a, um alleged homicidal maniac, but get your affairs in order and just kind of handle that. Um, so, that, so that was the thing. It, I guess the only thing that that kind of set up was the fact that it put on the news and then that maybe alerted Tommy to mm-hmm. come back to town. Because outside of that, I don't know why Tommy was even anywhere near New York to right. even know that Tasha could have right. been snitching. We know he has no connections in the that we know of in the AUSA office. So how does he know about the deal? And even if he wasn't, maybe his mom called him. Maybe his mom saw on the news and he, and she called him because he's supposed to be in California. How would he yeah. know about New York news? And I'm right. sorry, I know it was a big story, but I don't think it's a big enough story that they're gonna be broadcasting Tasha's release from jail on national news outside of the New York area. Even though he was a uh, running for whatever lieutenant governor. Um, so that that's that's the part that just made no sense to me about this scene. It's like you, nobody would have a press conference for somebody who's supposed to be a testifying witness. Right. Yeah. I think if they would have shown like a quick five second scene of Tommy's mother maybe watching it on TV right. and then him come and shoot up that place, that would totally make sense. Like, oh, yep, uh, crazy redhead, like t- you know, called her son, <laughs> and that's why he you know drove across country or wherever he was. To come back, but for him to just like just show up, even though I love seeing him, um, you know he's not bad to look at and stuff. I was just like, but how? Like yeah. all of a sudden, just how? Yeah. Uh, so this scene gives way to a very brief scene of um, Riley warning Braden 
um, about how dangerous Tariq is, which is not a lie. Um, mm-hmm. Riley, who is for some reason wearing Mary J's uh, door knocker earrings from the opening scene, um, <laughs> didn't understand what that was about. But hey, uh, y'all do you. Um, you see that she still cares for him. And even though he's still pissed, um, he does kind of take a little bit of her, her warning to heart just a little bit. And even though he's hurt, he does kind of, uh, you know, there's some feelings there a little bit. Um, anything else on that before we keep it moving? Mm, no, again, I, again, I think that's one of those scenes that I saw like, okay, so she's going to be back, um, in the next season. It left mm-hmm. the door open for her. Yeah. To me, yeah, I think it was just kind of don't forget about right. this lady as a character kind of scene. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we stated earlier, Zeke is stressed. He goes to Tariq's room. And again, like, he, he's catching a lot of flack on the internet. People are really making fun of him, um, the character and the actor a little bit. Uh, but he's he's the only innocent one. And his his life has been threatened. His future has been threatened. And like we like we stated, like, he's the only one who has no no direct connection to all of this mess, um, but is being affected by it. So I, you know, I'm right on board with, with both of you. Like, I feel sorry for the dude. Um, especially once you find out he has no idea that, that Drew's been shot. Uh, but he just knows that Drew's name came up and he does care about his family, but the man is stressed (laughs) rightfully. So, and he, you know, you, you get the call back to the to the beginning of the series where he says, I kind of wish you had stayed away from my, my aunt or you, you uh-huh. know, um, which I thought was a very nice touch. Wait, what did y'all think about that? Um, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Um, yeah, he's he's the only innocent one. He was just like, this is why I wanted you to stay with my auntie. You know, and he's just like a sad puppy. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to go against his family, but he's also thinking about his future. He's, yeah, again, he's in a tough situation. Yeah, and I can't figure out if this guy is doing an amazing job acting or a horrible job. Because <laughs> um, he just kind of like a, always got a dumb look on his face. He always seems confused. And he, like I said, he's either a great actor or a bad one. I can't tell. But um, like I said, like I, said we, we, I think we all got a kind of a soft spot for Zeke because... Like he said, he just kind of like dumb comic relief. He's not like any character that you got like crazy and vet. He kind of like, um, what's the dude that got killed? Big Grim. Black Grim. Oh, yeah, BG. Yeah, he kind of like that guy. Well, he oh, like, yeah. you see him every once in a while, you like him, but, you know, he not like, he not really moving you one way or another fully. But I, I feel bad die. for the guy. Yeah, yeah he might. I hope he got killed. Um, I feel like if you can't tell whether or not he's a good actor or a bad actor, I think that makes him a good actor. I think I by know. default. I I think by, default. by default, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say the black man that I never saw him before anything else. So good luck, yep. brother. So uh, we get a we get a brief scene between a mini ghost and soon to be mini Tasha, uh, Tariq and Diana, um, where they still care about each other, and you know Tariq vows to to have her back and whatnot. Um, what did y'all feel about that? And and we might as well go into the 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 reconnection of the. The bros, yeah, uh, of Braden and uh, Tariq. Just, just real quick, nobody in the Tahada family can keep a secret to save their life. They all just <laughs> tell all the business. Zeke then told the professor everything. Diana, it took Reek like two seconds for her to tell the entire story about everything that happened with Drew and everything. 
They give up too much too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Their I think father they trust would not be happy. <laughs> yeah, they, he went to jail for this. Um, so that's all. I, I, I think it was a cute little scene. Like I said, they always try to keep these connections with um, Tariq and his different little ladies. Um, you know, and they always have like little sweet moments here and there. But then you you never really know what's going on because technically Tariq is just being a jerk to all these ladies. And um, I don't think he's being open and honest with any of them. I think he's just pretty much using them all for for different things. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I always feel a little weird about the scenes where he's like, oh, he likes Lauren or he likes Effie or he likes Diana because it always just seemed a little bit distant. Like you don't trust this guy. That's the I think that's what I learned from this season. And already Tariq was already kind of shady. I think he got extra shady this season, and you just can't trust him with any type of thing. He just lies to lie. Uh, he, I don't know who he trusts. I don't know if he trusts anybody or if anybody can trust him. And I think scenes like this kind of like amplify that. Hmm. I could see that. Um, uh-huh. And then as I, far as, oh, my bad, as far as yeah, like the bro reunion, I, I, I still, this Brayden kid is getting on my nerves. Yes. Why <laughs> are you still so actively wanting to be a drug dealer so bad? What is wrong? A white man bored with his life. That's what it is. Exactly. But that's just my opinion. Yet. <laughs> I wish my life was so boring uh, because I'm so rich and from a wealthy family and had everything I ever wanted in my entire life that I got to go out and find adventurous things to do and just go be a drug dealer for the sake of it. I don't need money. Mm-hmm. I don't need power. I don't need anything other than the fact that I like selling drugs. Essentially, this was Tariq's motivation in the previous series because he had no real reason to do it. In the original series, he was a bored, smart kid. Um, and he, I think they just passed, the writers just passed his motivation on to, uh, to Brayden. Stupid as it is, I think it's, that's simply that. Like he, he wants to do something adventurous and dangerous and he had some success at it. So he's all in. Um, and it, it could very well be one of those things where, um, you know, and you, you hear about it sometimes. A lot of kids get into trouble because school, conventional and traditional school bores them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that this is a, <laughs> this is justified, you know what I mean? Not that this is the right thing to do, but like, I think for, for some of them, it's like, what's the thing that's going to give me the most satisfaction or, you know, the, the biggest thrill? Uh, let's go down the list of all the things I've always been told not to do. And we'll start there. Um, but you know, as, as we've been stating throughout this, uh, this episode, this pretty much is, is his open door into becoming his Tommy or possibly his Dre, who knows? Um, but the next scene is probably the moment where I was just like, oh, okay you guys just wanted to go ahead and get this over with um, because Jabari just flat out tells Tariq that he's copying his life for his book uh, and that he's going to be his his new helper with money and other <laughs> illegal acts if they so arise. Um, and I don't know if this was just lazy on the on their part. Or if they was like, well, we know what's going to happen to him at the end. So let's just have him clear the slate. Um, we get a returning Laz Alonzo, who I hope I hope has a reoccurring role in the next uh, 
in the next season, I should say. Uh, what did you guys think about that? Uh, <laughs> Jabari's brutal honesty. Um, I Again, I think it was just something that was rushed in this whole episode. Like things were just rushed. You know, the death of Rico was rushed. Tasha, mm-hmm. Tasha being let out of jail. That conclusion was rushed. Um, you know, uh, the bro mo- moment of um, Brayden and Tariq. And like, hey, you know what? She wasn't all that bad. And now they're good friends again. That was rushed. Um, it's just all being rushed too much in this episode. And I think that's why it's not like a favorite of mine. Mm. Um, so again, yeah, it was just like, uh, like they're just trying to, just um just get finished with things and it's like but why if there's a second season so and it was poorly done like it didn't need to happen that way uh-uh. yeah it was a, he a whole weirdo and the fact that he he uh figured out his entire drug dealing empire in like <laughs> two weeks yeah even Tariq is just yeah. the worst drug dealer all the time well this dude is the smartest detective <laughs> in the history of the world um, so yeah, I, I guess I agree. I feel it, I feel it was rushed. I feel like he was like so quick to try to blackmail the kid. Um, right. And to me, to me, I didn't understand that because if you really thought he was like the, this drug um, or running a drug enterprise, why would you be trying to blackmail the guy when he can do stuff to you? Like when you would think that he has some type of muscle or some type of valid connection, um, you know about his mother being on trial. For possibly being a queen pin, you know his father died under uh, crazy circumstances, getting shot and killed. I think the professor should have been a little bit more cautious. Um, so, like I said, it was like I think Corey is absolutely right. They, even though the episode was a little bit longer, they were trying to wrap up so many things in this particular episode that they kind of sped through a lot of points um, that would have been better done over like a, a, a course. Um, maybe if they'd have started some of these actions in like episode eight, then you could have kind of built to, to 10, but they had to like mm-hmm. rush to finish a lot of storylines, um, even in an extended extra 10 minutes or so of the show. But yeah, that weirdo dude, I never liked him, so I don't care nothing. About right. Him. And you know that. <laughs> and also I'm surprised that he finally came out and was like, oh, I want to do a book about you. Cause I thought he was just going to keep stealing his writing yeah. and, you know, not say anything, but then he was like, yeah, I want to do a book about you. And Tariq is like, wait, excuse me? So I, I did not see that coming. I thought he was going to be shady the whole way. Um, so I did give him like a little point for that. But mm-hmm. again, yeah, he's a weirdo. A total weirdo. He was. <laughs> he was a true weirdo, but yeah. All right. So that scene gives way to uh, two heavyweights of acting on this particular series. Uh, we get mom talk between Tasha and Monet. Uh, this was an interesting scene in in regards to you know one mother. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, mm-hmm. I, no, I got like a I I can hear feedback on my end. That's why I wasn't sure. But uh, we get one mother coming to another mother and to a degree asking for permission to have her son back, and the other mother. Um, Gone off the henny, uh, pretty much treating treating the situation like yo your son chose me, he chose you know I got chose you didn't what 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 do you want to do about this? Uh, how did y'all feel about that scene? 
Um, you definitely see two mothers in their different styles where I think Tasha has a little bit more compassion and was not never wanted Tariq in this lifestyle. Her or her, um, you know, deceased husband ever wanted their children into the life that they grew up in and pretty much, you know, yeah, grew up in. Um, so you see it there, like where Monet is just like, as you said, well, he chose me. This is what he chose. So this is what it is. End of story. Ain't no give backs. Like he's in it for life now. Um, so you see their mothering styles and, Again, you just see Monet as a sociopath, and I'm glad someone you know, said it. <laughs> yes, yeah, Kane is like conduct disorder, and but you know Monet is just a true sociopath. Like she doesn't care if it is her kids and who wants to go to college and who wants to be an artist. Nope, you're not doing that. You're counting these bricks and you're picking up uh, money. Like I don't care. So you see that, and it's just like, well, damn. And then it's just like, well, is Tasha going to have to fight her? What's going on? But then other stuff happens in this scene. But she's just, yeah, she's just real ruthless. Um, My baby daddy comes back, um, (laughs) a.k.a. Tommy, and he just starts shooting up the place. And you know it's him because of his, yep, because he don't care. He just, you know, let's go, let's get it. Kane needs to learn from him. He's a true enforcer. Um, in my opinion, like he just does not care. You see his old, you know, his old muscle car, you know, it's him. He shoots up the place. And as you said before, you know, all of a sudden Monet, she finds her gun this time. She didn't lose it. So she's kind of able to shoot back. I don't know what she's shooting at, but, you know, she tries to defend herself because this is like the second time within like a two, three day period that her club or her bar is getting shot up at. Right. You think she'd find a new place to hang out? You would think, right? right. <laughs> Down goes Owl. Uh, right. We could we can get no more Owl. I was like, it's an interesting name, and you know he had the one line about them being frail dudes but heavy. I was like, okay, we might get some more Owl. No, no more Owl. No more Owl. Oh yeah, no. Because <laughs> Tommy don't miss that often. So, <laughs> Carlos, any thoughts on that? Nah, like you guys pretty much summed it up. I think everybody did get a little bit excited when they saw um, that muscle car speed away from the scene. Well, I know I got a little excited. I was like, oh, that made Tommy back. Because um, I really wasn't expecting to see Tommy in this um, particular um, series. I thought, I mean, well, not in the first season, at least. I thought mm-hmm. he would uh, get his own show first, and then maybe they would cross paths down the line. Which um, so I was kind of shocked to see him so soon. Um, yeah. But it was, you know, my only problem with the scene is how did Monet feel, find, um, not Monet, how did Tasha find Monet? How did she know where she lived? And two, if she really is going into witness protection, why does she even bother going to talk to Monet about Tariq leaving the game. If they all getting new identities, why don't they just leave? Why are they still hanging around New York? Like, they are free to just run the streets when they are supposed to be state's um, witnesses or federal well, witnesses. Well, Tariq, Tariq wasn't getting one because he's an adult. So I think in the courtroom, you hear them say, yeah. or McLean, like, you know, she can do, they can do Tasha, the daughter, maybe mom. I'm not yeah. sure about the grandmother. But Tariq was like a no, and he was just like, "Mom, just do it, just oh, do man. it." Yeah, and she which was I run. Yeah, exactly. Which I was like, Tasha, in my head, I was like, "Yo, your son is 18. He's dealing with a lot, girl. Just say yes. Go to Arizona and get some type of secretarial job. Like, just please keep him moving. I'm sure y'all y'all can find a way to you know meet up, yeah. you know, afterwards and stuff. Just come back in three three and a half years when he graduates and he a millionaire. Right. Yeah, maybe I could just be chilling. Right. Yeah. So, to to echo your your Tommy sentiment, I, I 
I would not have, if it was up to me, he wouldn't have been in the first episode, you know, this first season, which just kind of solidifies that I think that they were anticipating this just being a one-off. Um, mm. But in true power fashion, the previously on power has a tendency to give things away uh, because the literal first thing in the pre just on power is Tasha saying the man that killed my husband is Tommy Egan. I was like, well, Tommy's in this episode. Thank you for that. Um, so they, they spoiled it. Um, they pretty much told on themselves cause I don't know. I, I guess certain levels of nuance is just lost these days. Um, also shout out to the assholes on Facebook who did great all season, not dry snitching until the season finale and couldn't wait to to start talking about it. I woke up and saw stuff and memes before 10 a.m. I was like, y'all, you disappoint me um, in this new year. Which is <laughs> bad. It, it's terrible that you were better at keeping spoilers secret in the worst year <laughs> that we've known of. <laughs> and here we are this new year and y'all can't hold water. Um, so from there we get a really brief conversation between Lorenzo and Monet about how uh, things are falling apart. And regardless of how she feels, Kane needs to come back. Um, he's your muscle. He is the muscle. Uh, Ramirez is in the wind. They still haven't pe- you know, put two and two together about that yet. Um, and she also, not excuse me, uh, Lorenzo also mentions that, uh, you seem to have a, a real desperate need for Ramirez and it better be about the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. What did y'all think about that? Um, so I thought it was interesting. So the kids know about Ramirez, but they didn't go snitch and tell Monet, Monet yet. So I was like, so how the kids going to find out before her? But I, I blame Lorenzo for this. The reason why Kane is not there is because of you and you getting your goons in jail to like pretty much i mean they jumped him so like yeah. sir you kind of messed this up from in jail and now you talk about oh monet he's your enforcer he's this that and the third but it's like but sir you had him jump which hurt his feelings because you didn't really you know, as parents y'all didn't teach your um your kids about emotions and expressing them properly so he was hurt <laughs> like what the heck? Like, if my own parents don't love me, where I'm gonna go? Oh, GTG. Okay. Yeah. So I blame him for that. Speaking of GTG, so. the most useless gang ever. <laughs> How do you not at least try to knock throw a hootie who up and let this man know <laughs> his mom is on the way while you doing your thing? The use. The, oh my God! They're they're the putties from Power Ranger. They're, they're the most useless <laughs> gang of foot soldiers ever. Um, so, uh, Corey, before we let you go, because we, we've already we've already kept you past, uh, you know, way more you than have. Uh, it, but you know, <laughs> but we, we loved it. We we appreciate it. Are there any? We gonna let you go through any quick thoughts? Any more uh, points you wanna you wanna you wanna touch on uh before we get you go let you go about the rest of this episode and um and i want you to end with what you hope to see in the next season um so real quick with that scene um yes like they could have gave a special knock to kane but also the both of them especially the girl 
got dressed very quickly. I've been caught a couple of times and I never get dressed that quickly. <laughs> so I was like, is it a skinny girl thing? Cause I was like, hot damn girl, you got like, seriously, very quick. But, um, you know, so I thought that was pretty good. Actually, I enjoyed that scene, um, except for his stroke, but I was <laughs> oh, like, okay. <laughs> but that's a whole nother probably conversation. It's PG-13, um, that, <laughs> I apologize, right. yes. You know, the whole scene with Tommy and the chase um, was kind of predictable Ugh. once him and Tariq had a conversation, which I thought was very bold for him mm-hmm. to meet um, Tommy at Lakeisha's son's house. I was like, oh, it's Cash. Um, so, you know, I thought that was bold. He was kind of like getting closer to being his, like someone like his father. That whole scene, which I'm sure y'all talk about, and him, quote unquote, you know, disappearing at the mm-hmm. end. Um, what else? I'm glad again after that, then Tasha goes because I don't think she needs to be in another series at all. I'm actually not a fan of her character, the woman who plays her. Like, not at all. She needs to go. Mm. Um, so hopefully, yeah, that's the end of her. And then Tariq can just be quote unquote, you know, a normal college kid still selling drugs, the American dream. Um, <laughs> you know, um, what else? I, that's probably not the last we're going to see of Tommy. So, okay, fine. And then for, what was the second part? What do I hope for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Because they also open up the scene for what's his name? Um, for Sax. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind seeing a little bit more of Sax's body. I was like, oh, he works out. <laughs> Sax was um, ripped. He was I, I didn't like, know that. What in the world? <laughs> that's not what I thought you were talking Yo, about. Go on, go in. It's true. Go in. Go ahead. I was just like, oh, okay, white man. Like, I'm not <laughs> mad at this at all. And also, it looked like he had a better stroke game than Kane. So I was just like, sex, and I forget the, his real name, was just really ripped. I like him. He's got this obsession with this, um, with this black family, you know, with this family, which is just, he's got a real heart on. So I kind of enjoy him. And if they're going to have him and Method Man, um, together again, I would like to see that because Method Man lost his right hand woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see what their relationship looks like because they're both very sleazy lawyers, right? Smart, right. but very sleazy and very good. So I would like to see them. And Tariq, oh god, Tariq. Um, so it doesn't look like he's dying off anytime soon. So <laughs> I just, you know, I would just like to see what his sophomore year, how, oh, real quick, um. Kane kind of listened to his conf- confession to Jabari. So I would like to see, you know, how Kane uses that to his advantage, possibly next season. And if um, Tariq kills any more people, because this was his second person he killed. Nah, that's like his fourth. So, okay, here's number three. Oh. So here's the thing. He that said he killed his up. father. He said he killed his father and his best friend. Who was his best friend that he killed? Was he was it talking 50 about Cent? He was talking about Kane. That's what. Uh, yeah. Okay. He didn't kill him directly, uh, but he, he indirectly he got it. Stuff. Yeah. And okay. he also killed and um I, the dirty Ray, cop. Ray. Ray Ray. Yes, right. That's right. Okay. He may have so killed yeah, Epiphany if you listen to our uh, the theory from Triple D uh, yeah. in our last episode. And he may I have killed Two Bit because Two Bit is this yeah, bitch. This is true. He didn't come looking for his money. Oh, I would like to see him. I would like to see more of him. That's right. So hopefully he comes back because. 
he reminds me of like um a street stevie j when i was listening to one of y'all's um like episodes <laughs> how, like how he has that look on his face i was like it's like a stevie yeah. j like what are you doing snarl. with this look yes <laughs> But so, yes, I would like to see, you know, Tariq maybe have a little bit more of a normal sophomore year and more of a sax method man Two bit, of course, because I do. I enjoyed him and um, Spanky, but Spanky's no longer here. And of course, Tommy. Mm. So and what his love interest will be. I would like to see, you know, what that's about. So that was a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, we appreciate every last bit of it. And we appreciate you for spending, uh, spending, spending this episode with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Uh, This probably ain't gonna be the last time I'm going to pressure him to get you on a few more episodes. If not, uh, I'm about to get her on my my regular podcast to talk about her getting (laughs) caught having sex a couple of times. I'll be tuning in because I want to hear that story. It's some, uh, it's some good ones. Yeah, okay. nothing recently, but there's some <laughs> good ones. We'll have, we like, will have you on yeah. the um, conversation with Carlos D one day. Now okay. that you got over your and Corey, I always want to say I appreciate Corey because Corey has listened to uh, from the original podcast, the POP podcast that I had with Christy, um, and she would occasionally send me messages or say little things. <laughs> she would text me or, or on Instagram lately. We, we mainly talk. You know, Corey doesn't save anybody's phone number. That's why I never text her because <laughs> she's just gonna say who, who this. Actually, no, say, that is true. You told me you never save nobody's phone number. Anyway, no, that's true. I forgot. It's true. Okay. Yeah. But so I like, appreciate her for you, just... All right, go ahead. I was, was going to say, do you know people's actual numbers or do you go off the text message for clues? Because if you actually only... know numbers in this day and age, that's actually pretty good. No, I'm talking, I, I think they're important people in her life. She Like her mama, like her, right. her family, yes. But like... Okay. Bum dude, she meet in the street like me. Yes, I go, not the, I go off the text. I go off the, because it's like a curse. Like once you save their number, then something happens. And I was like, well, screw this. Like I'm not saving your number until somehow you can prove to me like this is not going to be um, a four week, four to eight week thing. So if you okay. can get past that, or if we can get past that, then yes, I will save your um, number. But I go off of like the the messaging and stuff. But That's like fair. how uh, yeah, how Carlos said, I know people who are like close to me, like my best friends and my you know family's numbers. I know theirs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. Let's go. Before we let's go. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug or anyone you want to shout out? Anything at all? No, I'm just me. I love um, social media. Like mm-hmm. I'm all into pop culture, different TV shows. So if y'all do one for a different TV show, let me know because I pretty much I watch like everything. TV is my love language. Okay. So I enjoy TV. It's like it's how I turn my brain off from what I do during the day. So or I try to turn my brain off. But um, okay. yeah, well, I just enjoy it. Hey, Corey, do y'all still do that um that Zoom group? Remember that time we we talked about insecure that one time? That was fun. Um, my social work group, yeah, social work socialites. Um, we are still around, not doing so much Zoom. We're trying to get into different avenues of the social work world, but we may bring that back. We just figured people were like zoomed out during this panorama. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't okay. be in front of a camera in front of a computer unless it's for work. So yes, but y'all, I love it, and I can't wait for the next season and to hear what y'all have to say. So thank we you again, that. <laughs> and we thank you. No problem. All right. I'm being in DMs later. Talk to you later. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Take care. 
All right. So, any thoughts on uh, GTG's horrible uh, <laughs> I mean, door I services? Like they, they, the, they, uh, it's the worst game on earth. They don't protect their home at all. They let people die all the time and let the person that killed them take over the group. Um, so, I'm not surprised they let a, a 50-year-old woman bum rush their building and just kind of run things. Um, and then get into their conversation. This, like I said, I think what Corey was saying, like, Monet really is a sociopath because she's still blaming everybody else for all the bad things that happened to the family and ignoring that she created these monsters. Mm -hmm. It's like the episode before when we were talking about uh, Frankenstein's monster. She's mad at the monsters that she made um, and making them seem like they're the bad people when she created these people. Um, so, you know, I feel like the conversation is rough. I think any mother and no matter what the situation is disowning a, a son um is going to always kind of be kind of a negative thing you know not something that's like a positive scene um so so it, it was wild what you think of it um same it, it's very this is probably like the most telling conversation between the two of them because this this comes at the heels of uh lorenzo telling her like you're not you haven't been making that great of decisions um since he's been in like and lately um and it, it comes back when she she pieces together that uh Kane killed uh Ramirez and she's you know she's like well maybe I did make you like this and it's like yeah and she tells him like you make bad decisions and he rightfully says you've been making bad decisions too mm -hmm. which um bravery points to him i don't think i'd ever have the balls to say that to my mom uh but it's true and she immediately shows this she immediately backs this up by because her whole reason of going to kane was to get him back in the fold and she ends up going there and just ends up pushing him away even further mm -hmm. when just like yo put this aside and get your get your goon back that's all you have to do but clearly her ego is still is is so big that she'd rather just go on it on her own which right. is to a degree a little bit of something that she kind of has in in common with tasha from the previous series where it's like tasha would make decisions that were way where she'd be weighing over her head and to a degree make things worse and even though i'm still like at this point and this is where it gets even more confusing I can't figure out where the threat is. Rico is dead. So who's the big bad now? Did did you catch that? Like, is, I mean, I don't Rico's think they spelled it out. I think you can't just kill the head of a, you know, most reputable. Like most people don't pull a GTG where you mm -hmm. kill their people or threaten their top guys and they just kind of fold in. So <laughs> why they may have killed Rico? Rico still worked for people. Rico still had, I'm true. assuming, some type of crew or team that he was in charge of. And I'm pretty sure he let people know his last meet was with Monet. And now all of a sudden he missing, nowhere to be found. It ain't going to be long before somebody going to be knocking at Monet's door again, just like what happened with DC Joe. Yeah. You know, people just can't go missing with money that, or, that owe money or have people's money and, you know, in that world and just let it be, oh, well, he's gone. You know, we'll find somebody else. It's hard to find people like that. I think I that's wanna, what it is. Yeah. I also want to make note that um, Monet has reclaimed her, her door knocker uh, earrings from Riley in this scene. I, I don't know. Maybe they're homegirls or something like that. 
but we get a really cool transition after this scene uh, where 50, even though sometimes 50 just be like, I, I'm the executive producer, so put put my song in there. I feel like Many Men was probably the best choice um, for his reunion with Tommy uh, because, yeah, a lot of people, quite a few people want Tariq dead. Um, as stated earlier, we get the return of Young Cash, which I'm glad that that actor got to pop back up and um, also got a, you know, got a check. Uh, we get Tommy telling Tariq to get his skinny behind off of his car um, and keeping it 100 with him. Like, yeah, I, I want your mom dead. Um, not only for for ratting on me, but also killing killing my girl, which I'd practically forgotten about. Um, but here's where it gets interesting to me. And I don't know, maybe you felt the same way, maybe not. Tommy's reintroduction to to the scene and his acting, his delivery, it he felt like someone plucked out of a different series. Um he didn't fit in this universe. And I I don't know if that just showcases how good of a job they've made this show um separate from the previous series. Um but what did you think about that? Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it like he didn't belong in the series, but I thought he was talking weird. And yeah. maybe maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know if he was doing like a different kind of Tommy accent or maybe he was just out of practice of doing it. Um, but some of the stuff he was saying was just sounding very odd. Um, as far as the scene itself, how did Tariq find Tommy? Uh, I mean, this guy's one of the most wanted people, at least in New York area. And nobody's looking for him. He's just another person just walking the streets, broad daylight, doing whatever you want to do. Um, Tariq found him in like no time. I don't know how he know where he was. Um, and then I, I'm sorry. I know Tommy had a lot of love for Ghost. I don't see Tommy what he has displayed as far as his character and his volatile nature holding on to some promise from Ghost that he wouldn't kill his son. Like, because he was like, the only reason you know I promise your dad I wouldn't kill you. Um, and, and don't call me Uncle Tommy anymore. But he was just way too calm for all the bad stuff Tariq had done. Um, especially killing his best friend. Uh, I think he should have been way more agitated, way more aggressive. All that energy he had for Tasha and wanted to kill Tasha, he should have had the same energy for Tariq. And for him to so easily fall into Tariq's plan or wanting to listen to anything Tariq has to say, um, I, I feel like it betrayed the character in a way. Um, I think the only possible pass I would give for that is that although this whole situation is completely screwed up, Tommy did watch Tariq grow up. Um, and this is a, you know, he watched him grow up from an innocent kid to this crazy, ridiculous situation. Um, and of course, you know, ghost is dying, ghost dying words to Tommy were, were let him go. Um, and even though Tommy can be backstabbing, I think that might be possibly his last little bit of loyalty to, to, to ghost, you know, I let your son go. Um, but yeah, Tasha, Tasha's on the chopping block because she, you know, she lied to Tommy multiple times. Um, she's, she got out for, you know, possibly get a rat on him. Um, and, but most importantly, and, you know, this of course leads to how he finds them, even though there's no, I don't understand how Tariq would know where to find cash. Um, he killed the love of his life. Well, one of them. Uh, but, you know, we, we get, 
our our same bloodthirsty Tommy that everyone knows and loves. Um, so interesting. Uh, we've already talked about Sax getting his his nude moment, his sex scene, uh, which I was like, good for Sax. Get, get you some. Good job. Um, do we need to talk about that? Any thoughts about that? Uh, I, not really. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm going to agree with Corey. I was shocked. The dude was kind of cut. Yeah, he was definitely. I didn't yeah. expect him to be, because you, you, we always see Sax. We think he's just some goofy, dumpy white boy. Yeah. He was in pretty good shape. So I was like, yeah, hey, kudos uh, to him. You watched um, The Good Place, right? Like surprisingly yeah. jacked. She like cheating the cheaty when yeah, she took off his shirt. Yeah. So wait a minute. So <laughs> what's I was happening like, yeah, here? Man. I mean, that's because we only see him in suits and stuff. We never really seen him in any clothes outside of like a suit. Um, so I was like, wow, that's you know impressive, I guess. Uh, but the scene itself, I, I think it was just to give him a. Uh, he hadn't had the sex scene in seven years. I think it was just kind of give him one because yeah, they they didn't really need to have the sex scene for what happened next, which is just him getting the call from Davis. Yeah. Um, the setup that I, I guess uh. That Tommy's back in Tommy stole his own mom's car, and because his mother's car got stolen, that automatically means he's back in town. Yeah. He couldn't get a car from anywhere else, so that just irritated me. Uh, but hey, do, kudos to Sax. Yeah. Do we need to talk about this plan? Because I don't want to. It's it's obvious what's happening from start to finish, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which again just further solidifies like. They were hoping that this would be, you know, not hoping, but they, they were banking on this being, a, I think they were banking on this being a one-off series. Maybe. Um, but I was just like, he he crashes in the car, immediately blows up. I was right. like, okay, well, we know how this goes. Um, uh, any any no. thoughts? I mean, just, just more in the, just the more, they, I feel like they make the cops and the law enforcement people in this show in this universe i guess the power universe the dumbest people on earth they're yeah. constantly getting tricked they're constantly losing people i i, I mean I, they gotta have a better approach than this like i said he's one of the most wanted men in new york you think he killed a, a person who was running for lieutenant governor and you had sacks out there by himself hiding in the backseat like he he's a lawyer i understand he's a law enforcement agent, officer but he why would Saxon be in the backseat of the car? Why not some, some real law enforcement people? And then they had like two cops chasing him. This dude is one of the most wanted people in New York. It should have been 45. It should have been the SWAT team. They know he is suspected of killing like dozens of people. And it was just too easy. Um, and then it didn't make no sense. Uh, you know, he wrecked his car in two seconds. The car blew up immediately. We knew he wasn't really dead. Yeah. Um, and plus we know he's not dead because he has his own show. Like as yeah. a viewer, there was no... You know, whatever they were trying to build, they didn't do it because we, nobody really believed Tommy was dead. I just believe I just couldn't believe that that dumb plan actually worked, and they believe that that's the end of it. And then that's going to lead me back to the Tasha part. If they think Tommy is dead, who the hell are they protecting her from? Right at this point. Right. But no, um, let's we can move on to the next scene. Uh, yeah. Down goes Jabari. Um, and this was pretty much just more rushed writing. It's like, why is he? Why is he so desperate for this info? Why would he say Drew's full name? Uh, we get Hothead Kane being Hothead Kane uh, at the perfect time, um, shooting him, and Tariq making his trans his transformation into the the evil mastermind that they've wanted him to be, mm-hmm. uh, where he comes up with the perfect plan to to pretty much like. Just he kind of lucks into it. Um, that just so happens to be Ramirez's gun. 
Why would, what if it's not? Why would Kane <laughs> still know? be carrying around the gun? He killed that guy days ago. Per, you know, coincidental writing. That gun um, would have been in the swamp with his body. That's where it should have been. Uh, but <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking like, dang, sucks for Jabari. Um, we know he ain't making it to season two, yeah. which kind of sucks for the actor. Um, I don't care because, that. I mean, as a black actor, you know, I, I you know, you want to see people thrive and everything. I hope he doesn't get typecast. I hope he doesn't get the Danny Glover treatment where everybody associates him with this role. What role do um, they associate Danny Glover with? Danny Glover has been like a thousand movies. Yeah, but there's there's a ton of people that still hate him from the color purple. Oh, really? Like to this day. Um, but then you you get the weirdest thing where you know after Tariq comes up with this perfect plan, he grabs the gun with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Which made no sense to me. Um, but, you know, he gives Kane instructions and Kane is just willingly in line. Uh, and this is where, like, I don't know. I think if, at most, I think Kane could possibly, well, no, I'll get to that with the where do we go from here segment. But uh, we get his his villain monologue where it's just like everything that it's always come down to me, my family and a gun. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose my family every time. Like you can't, you, you know, you can't have, you can't write that book. Uh, just a bunch of spouting that I, I, I at this point it it kind of felt a little flat for me. Mm-hmm. What what did you think about this this ending scene in Jabari's uh, exit? Yeah, like I said, well, like uh, Corey was saying earlier, I felt like it was all rushed. Uh, we went from blackmailing them to being dead in the same episode. And I think they could have built better tension if they had made this last out over well, the course of several episodes or, you know, a better part of the season. If he had been blackmailing the whole time and Tariq was always trying to figure out a way to get rid of him and then this happened, then I would be like, oh, that's that, that makes more sense. But for him to go to meet him and then have um, Kane just randomly hide in the woods behind a tree and pop out and shoot him, and another thing, I mean, this show has to stop doing this for so much with people just dying in a place as filled with people as New York City. They just shoot people and nobody's ever around to see it or witness it. Um, that's why I was like a good like when they finally brought back that old witness from the first very first episode of Power, the lady who had, they killed her boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that finally makes sense that they finally had people who have witnessing these types of things and is willing to talk about it because it's just it's just so unrealistic. Um, uh, I think as far as the scene goes, I think this is Tariq going full ghost mode. He's ghost now. Mm. Uh, any uh, any hope for him being just like a regular person or leaving this stuff behind is dead now. Um, I think he's made his full commitment to still doing the school thing, but this um, killing people, drug life, whatever is going to be his future. Mm. That's all he wants. And I think he's now with this death fully committed to it because this one there's really no justification for it. Yeah. Uh, you you killed one of his own to Ray Ray. Ray Ray killed his sister and Ray Ray um, hurt his family and his father was about to turn him in and maybe turn his mother in and yada, yada, yada. But with this guy, I mean, of course, he okay, he tried to, he was writing a book about him. And kind, I guess he, but even with that, he wasn't even that bad because he was giving him some of the advance money. Right. Like, that exactly. was the whole reason he was meeting him. So it wasn't like exactly. he was fucking him over anymore. On top of, um, and he on shot top him of that, yeah. On top of that, he he outsmarted the 
the AUSA in court, he could have found a way to deal with him. You know, like he could have kept him quiet and then, you know, gotten rid of him another way. Um, but, you know, the headshot. And I don't know where the second shot was um, like it, it definitely seems a little bit like overkill. Um, but we get we get the, the nod of approval from uh, from Kane. Uh, maybe this kid's all right. So, you know, we'll see what comes of that. Um, so then probably my favorite part of the episode, uh, we get McLean offering, you know, we talked about this earlier. We get McLean offering uh, Sachs a job. And I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, Sachs finally got up out of that office, uh, which was years overdue, um, which I thought I still think is hilarious because this was the season where he was actually started out trying to do the right thing here. Um, but the sins of the past finally caught up with him. But uh, that being said, I would watch Power Book Six, Janky Lawyers. I, I'd watch that show. Uh, these two just taking cases um, and getting into shenanigans and breaking the law to, to uphold the law. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Uh, any thoughts on that before we move on to the way this episode sort of uh, wraps up? Uh, yeah, I mean, just real quick. I feel like Sack still, even though he finally got out of that office, he still is in a better situation. So Stack still has never gotten any real punishment for all his misdeeds. Um, and I think they, I feel like they're continuing that by giving him a more high-paying job immediately. After, like he didn't struggle at all. Like he didn't have to go work for his brother for a couple of days, like he said he was going to. They just, they just let, but you know, Sack get away with Russian. everything. Um, and then as far as riding. I'm, conf I'm confused to see where they go with these two moving forward like where is their path in this uh in book two like i doubt Tariq is going to hire them for anything what do they uh, you know he got tamika uh, he already got screwed over by both of them before so i wonder how they're going to continue to keep them involved in this storyline or are they going to kind of like split them off into a separate um story within inside the same show or do they just kind of take a break for a while and we deal with some other issues and they come back later down the line Maybe. so i'm interested how that's going to go um, either that, it could be a book, it could be their ending, like, you know, Sax went to go work for them, and maybe they pop up once or twice later. Maybe they pop up in Tate's spinoff, where, you know, his is about influence and politics and, you know, the law. Uh, we shall see. Uh, so we get a very quick call between um, Tommy and uh, Tariq, uh, stating that Tommy had to pull out some teeth for this to actually work. And uh, Tommy being the liar that he is, saying that, yeah, we all good. Your mom's straight. Yeah, I got it, you know. And Tariq uh, rightfully putting in a call after the fact. Um, what did you think about Tasha's uh, parting farewell and um, talking her her uh, her go ahead? Well, her her goodbye speech to Raina, but also also making note that she's up there with her father and that she's fine with him. What? up where she she says that you know Raina you're you're wherever you are you're with your father she thinks so sure it's crazy it's a sentiment it's it's a sentiment yeah I know I know uh, I mean you know I, like I said I was happy for this to be over I, I'm tired of Tasha I think she really has no more place in this show um, and I think they did a perfect way where they didn't send her to jail for life they didn't kill her off um, they can they got rid of her for now, but I think they can kind of find ways to bring her back in if they want to bring her back in down the line. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I, I'm hoping we don't see other than maybe a phone call or he get a postcard in the mail. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I don't want no Tasha in season two. I need a break from Tasha. I need a break from really anything outside of Tariq. That's not a part of that. That's a part of the first book. I want it all new, new, new adventures, all new Tahada stuff. Um, they need to kind of separate the show fully from the previous show. And I'm hoping that's what they kind of do with wrapping this up with Tasha. Um, I still don't understand the witness protection thing. Why she still needs witness protection if they believe Tommy is dead. Um, she's still yet to testify against anybody. Um, they also changed it where the daughter was going to stay with the grandma. Like only Tasha was allowed to go now, uh, which again makes no sense because, okay, you're a witness protection, but and even if your son is an adult, you have two young children, one who's yeah. just 18, just barely 18, and one is a child that's just going to leave in New York and open them up to danger. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. I wish they did a better job of really making that witness protection thing make sense or found a it better was- way to write her off. Um, yeah, more specifically, more specifically, how does Tariq have the authority to make that decision that Yaz was going to stay with uh, with Grandma? Um, but yeah, he, he clearly calls in a fake tip that someone else is going to try and kill her. So they they up the time frame uh, because as we see, uh, Tommy does not let go of grudges because he was about to take care of her right then and there. That man won't let anybody. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. That's why it makes no sense for him to let Tariq go so easily when he holds a grudge like no other. He went and right. killed. He was happened to be driving back from Chicago. And he stopped in Holly's old hometown to kill her abusive or molesting uncle that he had never met before because that person wronged Holly, who was important to him. So you can't tell me Ghost, his best friend of, I don't know how old they supposed to be on the show, but for, since they was teenagers, even though he did grow up with Tariq, he let him he, he let him kill his best friend and just basically just forgave him and just you know okay he don't mess with him no more. But I, I I that's why I feel like it still betrays the character even if he did watch the boy grow up. Um, you know, if he's so willing to, that he wants to kill Tasha so bad, he'll kill her in the cemetery on her own daughter's grave. And yeah. you mean to tell me he would let Tariq just walk away? But I guess he, if you if you really think about it, he wasn't letting Tariq walk away. because, But only because Tariq blew up his chance to kill his mother. And that's yeah. when he started choking yeah. Tariq. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If Monet doesn't come, like, he, he, Tariq's a hostage. Like, straight up. Like, Tariq's a hostage. Straight up if, if Monet doesn't show up. Um... But yeah, uh, Tommy, the most pettiest man alive. Uh, and we get our, our our fade out. We get Tariq mentioning that uh, that uh, he's he's pretty much his father's son, and he has a new family now. Yeah. Drew is out of uh, out of the hospital. In the back, he's got a new mom, a new brother and sister, and we get our 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 fallout line that ghosts don't die. Right. I think I think this end of scene really showcased how they. Uh, well, I hope it's thing a thing that's gonna really separate them from all his past dealings. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning Tariq, like his uncle Tommy, uh, all the people that's involved in his old life, his mom is just. Younger sister, all that. I think this should separate him and let him know that he's fully committing himself to being involved in the Tahada family. 
Um, how and I, I'm curious to see how deep that goes when they go into um, the second season. Is mm-hmm. Monet going to start treating him harsher or more like he's treating the rest of her children? Uh, when I think for the most part she's been pretty lax on Tariq. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because in the day he's he's just an employee of hers. He's not really one of her children. But now that he's fully embraced this family and seems in return the family has fully embraced him. I would like to see how the dynamic is going to change. Um, is is Monet going to think of him as a partner and equal, or is she going to still try to dominate him like she tries to dominate um, her her regular children? Right. So just let's go let's go right into it. Like take your thoughts right into what do we think? Um, what where do we go from here in this next season? What do you think is going to happen? I feel like they the way they set it up. I feel like because most of the things had been resolved, they can go a host of different ways. They can go back into of course course correct. Um, but we still got some outstanding things with that. We still got Simon Stern's um husband. Husband. We partner. still got um Riley knowing that something is odd and weird. And I don't mm-hmm. think she's just gonna disappear. So I think she'll still be a thorn in the side on the campus. Um, but I'm curious to see what they do as far as the street side of it. Uh is there a new big bad? You know, is there a new bully that's gonna take um because I, I think they, they didn't do a good job of establishing um, an arch rival like they did with, with the regular series. Like, I feel like every season right. there was a big meanie. You know, it was Jimenez one season. It was the Serbians. Um, it was when they was fighting each other. So it was a whole host of, like, people that were, like, the main villain. And I don't think mm-hmm. they've set up a villain for this show uh, moving to the second season. You know, Weirdo is dead. Who could have been a thorn <laughs> in their side? I, I, I don't know if his death does that mean... That's going to be interesting. Do they tie his death to the fact that the GTG thing, or do they let that drop? Because now that's two people from a campus right. murdered in some odd, mysterious ways. Right. Um, so I'm curious. And then we still, I guess the big bad could be Kane, though, because Kane still is out there running wild um, and has seems to be, even though he may have shown some level of respect for Tariq dealing with the whole. Um, the way he handled um, Jabari, we don't know what his intentions are because the rest of the family still ain't fucking with him. So, so what you think? What you think gonna happen? Uh, moving one, what do you think is gonna happen moving forward? And then two, final ten episode full season review. What do you think of your level of enjoyment? Do you want to give him a grade? Did they do a good job? Are you excited for season two? Let me let me hear your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, from here, um, it, it's definitely hard to pinpoint who the big bad is going to be. Um, I think I think somehow Kane is kind of semi back in line. Like I think I think uh, Kane could be Tariq's kind of side side income. Like I think Kane could be his Tommy more than Brayden. I think Brayden Brayden's still going to be his dude. He's going to be his ride or die on the the campus side of it but Kane is clearly his uh connection to the street and I think he could be his you know his street his street muscle if it ever came down to it uh but Kane is still going to be that that wild card aspect of Tommy um Effie is still out there and I think at some point there's there has to be a storyline with who is her supplier mm-hmm. who does she work for um, you know, we, of course we got the love interest stuff. Um, I think he's going to do his best to keep it business with Diana, but I think she's going to try and push the envelope. 
Um, yeah, there's got to be somebody that comes looking for Rico and that missing product and money. Um, then, of course, you got, well, you got the blowback from Ramirez being killed on top of Drew. And apparently his plan is to use Ramirez's gun to, I guess, pin uh, Jabari's murder on Ramirez, I guess. Because he said, like, that's his that's his gun, right? So, you know, we'll use that. And we know the body's gone. So I guess they can they can kind of put it as, like, he maybe he, he randomly, he's a dirty cop who kills a professor and then just is in the wind. Right. So I think maybe that, maybe that's how they, uh, to a degree, try and tie it up. But we now have Professor uh, Olivia Pope Keaton, Milgram. I think she's going to be the one that's like, she's going to be the new law aspect of it. Uh, trying to piece together things. Like, I don't, I think we're done to a degree with Sachs and McLean because there's no, there's no spot for them right now. But I think she's going to be the one that's trying to piece things together, find out what happened to him, and also juggle that while trying to keep Zeke out of the loop. Um, that'll be our, our way to keep uh, Laz Alonzo possibly as a reoccurring character and possibly a new love interest for her because, it, you know, they, he was making some, some smooth talk to her. And this will be, you know, something maybe Zeke pushes the envelope and gets jealous or something like that. Uh, but as far as the season, I'm going to give it a B plus, A minus. I, I think it would have been a solid A. But this this final episode was, it was rushed. It was a little messy. It was, you know, and even if this was a one-off and they, they were going to just do this one season as like a little mini-series event, you have to end your, your last episode has to be cleaner than this. Um, there was just, a, it was a ton of stuff that they just like, okay, you need to accept this. And it's like, no, like people are, you know, we're, we're not that, we're not that audience anymore, especially if we're, we're coming off of the first series where you asked us to do that a lot. And, you know, people have voiced their opinion on things that need to be better. It, it could have. I, I feel like you could have finished it in a in a much cleaner manner. Uh, what was your overall grade on the on the season? Yeah, I stick by uh, B plus A minus. Uh, a lot of things they need to just kind of tighten up in that writers' room, uh, just for consistency's sake and believability's sake. Um, but for the most part, I went from a character that I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it through one episode because Tariq was so unlikable by the end of the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, to I'm actually I'm excited and interested in seeing a season two. Um, so they did a good job of of at least bringing in some fans and and making them um respected his own show. Um, but also kind of being enough like the original show to keep the fans interested and excited. So I'm I'm looking forward to the next season. Uh, I don't know when it's supposed to start. Uh, this one didn't start. I feel like this season took forever because they took that break in the middle. Because I think we started talking about this like in August, and that is mm-hmm. what. Uh, January, yeah. um, so I'm assuming it might start around the same time, end of the summer. Um, but I also don't know how I'm told that the, the the book three is supposed to start in the summertime too. Yeah, so I don't know how these shows are going to overlap. Maybe this will be the fall power. They'll be the, that'll be the summer power. Maybe they'll kind of run in the end. Um, but I'm also kind of concerned about burnout. You know. Yeah. 
too much power, too much power universe. Am I going to be able to tolerate any more shows? Um, so we'll see. It's definitely going to be interesting, uh, especially with Raising Canaan up next, which is going a completely different direction. I think that that will be kind of the thing that possibly prevents burnout because directly Raising Canaan won't be that influenced on, uh, you know, what we've seen so far. Um, I think with the time frame of it and the fact that like, all the, you know, they, there's not going to be that much like groundwork laid for stuff that we've already seen aside from the upbringing of Canaan and ghosts. I don't, you know, we ain't getting no Tariq references in raising Canaan. Right. Um, so I think that that should, the fact that it's, it's going to, a completely different direction to a degree should hopefully keep a uh, keep the burnout at bay hopefully uh but hey once it comes back on you'll you'll see your boys we'll be back with it um so yeah that wraps up season one book two of power uh ghost and um it's a long episode right we want to thank you guys for rocking with us with this. We want to thank our special guest, Miss Corey, for joining us with this. Um, like, Be like comment. Corey. Get on the show. Yeah. It's easy. You just talk about dumb shit. Right. It's not, we're not, you know, we're not rocket scientists. We're professionals, but we're not, you know, we ain't sticklers out here. All right. We just having fun. You know, we ain't no, you know, Barbara Walters. I mean, we're not prim and proper. Right. You can be loose. So, you know, hopefully we can get some more of you guys on here next season and the season after that. You know where to find us. Um, any final thoughts before we get up out of here? No. I already am going to try to get um, competition with Carlos D back up and running. I started okay. strong at the beginning of the pandemic, but it's just hard to find a guest. And I, unlike you, I can't do solo podcasts. Um, so I'm going to try to throw some fillers out and see if I can get that, you know, at least bi-weekly get that back popping. Um, uh-huh. And I'm looking forward. When, when, is, uh, when can we hear more off the clock, man? Uh, my laptop is still out for repairs. Um, for those who don't know, my, my motherboard uh, was fried, so I had to get a new one, and I had to send it off, and i s still waiting on where to get it back. Um, I have i don't know about this, uh, this desktop that I'm currently using. I, the reason I got the laptop was because of this desktop. Um, I might... Because I, I want to get back to it, and I think, and I think that's what's frustrated me is that like I, I started out pretty strong, and I, this always happens to me when I hit a streak, something happens, and I end up, you know, <laughs> I end up falling off for whatever reason. And this particular time, it wasn't my fault. Like I had technical difficulties, um, so it, it made it even more frustrating. But I, I want to come back strong. There's still a ton of things I want to do with off the clock. Um, and if I gotta, as much as I hate to do it, record from my phone, that might just have to be the case, uh, because I, I've been away from, from my show for way too long. Not to say that I don't love being here. I'm always going to be here, uh, when the homie calls me. Um, but I, I'm, I want to get back to, to doing what I do as well. Um, so be on the lookout. I'm going to try to make something work if I don't get my laptop back soon. All right. All right, man. Till next so, time. Uh, Till next time, I, of course, am one of your hosts, Triple D, and with me as always is... Carlos D. And we'll see you guys in the next one.